everybody. Hi, everyone out there. This is the H word. I'm Becky. I'm Dan. We're here. <laughs> yeah, once again, we have not gone anywhere. No, we barely have gone anywhere. Um, Dan, uh, we kind of dropped one of our really important segments for a few episodes. Yeah, um, and I'd love to bring it back. The weather report. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just outdoors. Okay, wow. Uh, it was seven degrees and yeah. sort of beautiful scattered clouds and a nice breeze, a nice droplet carrying breeze. And, That's right. Um, yeah, it was, it was nice down by the lake. Uh, what's the weather like where you are? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because the weather report came about as a way of connecting us because we were in such different places. Yeah. And now we have the exact same weather. I would say it's kind of a cold spring day, like seven degrees. There's like a sort of a slight uh, breeze in the air, um, cloudy. Uh, and yeah, and the sun is kind of just like thinking about going down. Yeah. And it's coloring the clouds in a really interesting way. I mean, we are in the same city, but perspectives on the weather are always different okay yeah uh i'll say that uh, you know how like um montreal is like always 10 degrees colder than toronto well my weather is always going to be uh 20 windier than your weather i would imagine right because you've got 14 floors of elevation on me i think uh 12 floors if you're on the second, second floor oh so then 11 floors right okay um good to know and then i'm a little closer to the lake um I, last night when I was trying to um, find ways to uplift myself, mm. I discovered that just watching YouTube compilations of newscasters who can't stop laughing. Mm, yes, those are good. <laughs> was uh, a real salve for me. And there's some very good um, goofy weather reports. Yes. Yeah. Especially when there's some, some chroma key uh, antics. Chroma key antics. I really like the one where all the temperatures are way too hot in Arizona and they're like 3000 degrees. That guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, and he just, he just improvs with it. He rolls with it. He's doing a yeah. great job. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this has made me really happy. Um, how are you doing? Uh, how am I doing? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Doing okay. I'm I'm experiencing. I I I'm I'm putting myself through less news, um, and that is helping. But then I and then I sort of look at the news and think, what am I missing? Ah, like um, there's an anxiety that it's all happening and you don't know about it. Yeah, like, like I will take longer in between checking the numbers, and so the numbers have a little more shock to them when they do happen. Right. But I'm. Uh, I'm sort of uh, taking longer breaks in between experiencing that. But at this point, it's kind of becoming the new normal. Like, life is starting to feel like this is how it is. And the uh, the news, I, it's not as shocking. We, it's kind of like, yep, we knew this was going to happen. Yes, exactly. Uh, I, I think that's what's allowing me to do it. Yeah. Um, because it used to be how bad is it going to get? And now we know it's going to get really bad. And it's going to be bad for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm having a fair amount of anxiety related to going outdoors. Mm-hmm. I've been going out less. Yeah. I I had uh, my shopping day this week was pretty bad emotionally. So now really? I'm like, yeah, I definitely had to just stop and cry in the car at one point. So that's huh. pretty high level. I, you know, I tend towards some high level anxiety. So, so I realized like I have to just go out more um, so that it's not only shopping day. 
and I'm oh melt- interesting you melting gotta... down right that's interesting I wonder if that is, I should do that too because I do remember early on I had a very emotional walk around and I was like oh yeah like I need to I I, I this helps to like go through it more <laughs> uh so yeah. yeah and not to do it at no frills Right. Where people yeah. are going to be too close to you and not wearing masks and it's just going to happen. So, um, yeah. What a, bal- it, what a balance, though. What do you mean? Between you're not supposed to go outside and go and really truly seeing the effects of your mental health if, when you don't go outside. Yeah, I'm getting some bad brains over here. Just bad. And uh, again, you know, we're bringing back all the segments. We're back to mixed messages. Mm-hmm. It's the same mixed message. Stay inside all the time or everyone you love will die. Yeah. But also get out there. Yeah. Breathe the air. So I'm trying to figure out like how and when to get outside. Today, actually, the weather was cooler. So it was less um, like crowded down the boardwalk. And that felt great. I was really happy. I was like, good. I'm getting some air. I do need this. I'm feeling I'm feeling the effects. And you go to the grocery store and everyone's so cranked up, except for the people yeah. who are like, I don't know who these people are, but the people who are like standing in line with four boxes of crackers, I'm like, why are you here? Yes, I've seen that. The, the, yeah, like there's a woman just with one orange. Like, you, like you went through all this to get that? <laughs> you waited out outside in line for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then all these people are like super stressed out. People were looking at us because we had a full cart full of stuff. And I was like, yeah. But, like I'm actually, I'd rather be shopping once every two weeks. Right. Um, and the other thing is also when you're only shopping once a week, there's a week between each outing, and everything's changed. Yes, exactly. There. It, like, I don't um, like that. Yeah. There's just a week's worth of new developments out there. Yeah, o- ostensibly a week's worth of spread. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. But also just whatever. Panic buying different things. Like different things you won't be able to find. People are uh, behaving right. differently. Lineups are longer. Stuff like that. Right. Um, uh, yeah? Nope. Um, I have a hopeful. Whoa, let's hear it. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. So uh, the the backstory is I've, I, I had a couple kind of harder days. Maybe even three. Um, like really... Um, very hard to combat fatigue and then also i'm like fatigue's a symptom but it's like no i know my stress-related fatigue it's just like Mm. shutting me down because i'm Mm. too stressed out um had some sort of bureaucratic stresses with um trying to access support and then just like my body like a computer went no thank you (laughs) good night and so i sort of can i just say can i just say quickly that i heard bureaucratic (laughs) and i like that and now please continue. <laughs> oh, man. Things are pretty bureaucratic around. One of the most chilling things about my neighborhood is that empties are out everywhere and no one's picking them up. Weird. That's the weirdest change in Parkdale. So it's that, we were talking about this before, that balance between, you know, taking care of yourself and giving into depression and just like, yeah. like zombieing out forever. So I'm in that. I'm kind of in that state. But I let myself just sit down and watch tv that i would really like and that i would find soothing so i watched drag race uh-huh i'm uh, that is a big staple in this household also oh good um did you watch last night no saving it till after this record in fact oh well okay i can tell you this because it's not a spoiler it's it's a bit of a spoiler but not a huge one 
Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was a guest oh, judge. Oh, I saw the promo. Okay, yeah. so you knew that. That's the oh, whole. Yeah. That's the whole thing. So, I actually can't believe that we haven't brought her up before on the on the show. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm shocked as well. Yeah. So that one felt really good. Uh, just so her in general is amazing to me, and in this sea of government not functioning and being very, very scary. I'm like, mm-hmm. she's she's in there. <laughs> yeah. She's in there. And not only that, she's on Drag Race. And it really made me think of the interaction between sort of art and culture and politics. And she's quite upfront about the importance of that. Hmm. And, you know, for those of us who make creative work, it's very, I find it very easy to feel like I'm a useless member of society because we're told we are appreciated, but we're also sort of told that we're pointless Mm -hmm. and you know she's flat out saying you'll see the episode but she's saying like you're not political systems work a certain way and creative systems work another way and they they should be working in tandem to create change and Mm. and also just like the you know and when a politician appears on a television show it's always really interesting and her appearance on drag race just meant so much Mm -hmm. you know like what what are you gonna say well, this is coming on the heels of uh, Bernie Sanders dropping out of the race. Yeah. Um, and they're, they have such a tie, the two of them. Like a bond? And so, yeah, well, there was just like, there's just official, uh, you know, we like each other officially. Yeah. Um, uh, in the media. And uh, I think that is a, a very real aspect of hope in relation to the current state of things where Sanders is just like, too tired like he's just like we can't you know we struggle we continue the struggle but like we just can't do it this time and uh it's nice to see it's so nice to see someone who with that youth and that like energy um bringing that same spirit to possibly uh you know break the ground that maybe he wasn't able to fully break yeah well and because of age because you know we're mortal creatures but i definitely looked at her and was like she could be president Oh, yeah. Or someone like her. And that thought in just this absolute, like, up to our noses in horrible old white men nightmares, you know, like feel, feeling so overwhelmed by that and being like, no, she's here. She's there. She's yeah. inside. And she's not alone inside either. There's, it's certainly like a small group of young, and you don't have to be young to be progressive, but what she represents visually is huge you know absolutely what that means to people and you know ilhan omar also but anyway i i just was like she's still out there she's still fighting and also the timing of this is like drag race was taped last year yeah as uh, as as made clear by the um the disclaimer at the front of every episode Ugh. <laughs> i don't even really want to talk about that no we don't have to that's that's yeah, I know there's like this. There, that's the thing. Also watching this season and feeling kind of bummed in my own brain every time that I'm going to watch this sort of calming display of incredible talents and <laughs> beauty. And then there's this like horrible disclaimer before like each specter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any hopefuls? Um, it's OK to say no, right? Yep. Then no. Totally. Did you watch Bernie's? Whatever it's called. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was this. Yeah, no. 
Well, I can tell you some nice parts of it. Okay, please. Um, I'll be your news filter. Yeah, it, it, I got, I got, I got a bit teary, but also he's made such a huge impact. Um, and and the to me the hopeful thing is that. So he he really stayed away from mentioning, and I'm getting this um, perspective from the New York Times, um, but from from mentioning that he is an insider and he is a senator, <laughs> he didn't really do that on the campaign because so much of his brand is like I'm here with you from the outside. So in his whatever it's called, it's not secession, but it's like suspension of campaign speech. He kind of reinforced, I'm there, I'm in the Senate. And I'm going, I, you know, he's already on the inside and capable of pushing towards the goals that he wants to achieve. Right. And that was reinforced. Um, I also watched him on Colbert Mm. and he was great. Okay. And basically just laying out, here are all the things that Joe Biden can move. I know he's not me, but he could move towards them. And I'm going to, I'm going to support him in doing that. You know, but and, did he? But did he address the 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 specific why? Is it because the primaries didn't go his way enough? Yeah, it was numbers. Okay. It was just like we can't win, and um, he's like, there are some people who say you should just stay in the race to keep make your, a point, make a point, keep your politics on the table, kind of thing. And I didn't get the sense though that he left for exhaustion. I think it's like there's numbers. He's not going to win. And so why deplete all of this? And also, I think if he wants to truly achieve any of the change that he wanted to put into motion, he has to move his supporters towards Biden. And he knows he has to do that. And he talked about that just like, okay, like he talked about that on Colbert. He was like, there's no secret that Joe Biden has more support from older voters and I have more support for by younger voters. And so if he wants these people, he's going to have to support Medicaid for all and hmm. free tuitions and and he's like and if not support them at least move in that direction I think he's willing to do that and it's like that's an amazing amount of pressure that Sanders just put on Biden and then there was a tweet this week uh, oh, from from, from Biden saying I want to be clear no American should have to pay for their coronavirus treatment it's amazing treatment not just testing right that's great. I mean, currently, healthcare professionals in the United States have to pay for their tests. Right. That's I, I, I as a Canadian, I don't want to be too like downer about it, but like trying to understand hospitals with a bottom line is so confusing to me. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Like hospitals are potentially closing because they're going to go bankrupt. Like I know, I'm sorry, Americans who are listening, that you're in this, but it's it's mind-boggling to me. Absolutely. Well, um, are you ready for to hear an interview? I am. Uh, this week, I talked to my friend Maria Aaron Jones for uh, an update from her and also from Albuquerque. Okay, Albuquerque. Yeah, see what's happening on the ground there. Um, I wish we'd ended on a happier note, but I blame myself. <laughs> well, thanks for taking that on. Oh, always. I'll always blame myself. <laughs> For ruining everything. Oh, I know. Mm, What? I made that sourdough and it turned out amazing. Let's hear the sourdough update. That's it. Was was that an H that you put on it? Oh, I didn't even think about it. (laughs) 
Um, I was like, it looks like a hashtag, but actually, we'll it make is a, it, a it is a hashtag. But I just did what the recipe showed me to do. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun to make. It took days and days and days. <laughs> it feels it felt like I was birthing a baby, and then it's really fun to, in a really upsetting way, you take a razor blade and slash the dough, and yeah, it's it's really up. I don't like razor blades. I don't like getting cut by them. Uh, or thinking about that. <laughs> it was like that in a way that was satisfying. And the thing came out perfect. It has these big bubbles in it. And fuck every anyone who says, who shits on people learning how to make bread because it was awesome. And uh, we're not making any money. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good note to end on. Fuck everyone. Fuck everyone. And there's this really good sourdough recipe on CBC's website <laughs> that I used. I love it. Okay, well, let's hear this. Okay, great. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. Uh, I have a very special guest with me. Hello, Maria Aaron Jones. How are you? Hey, I'm living. <laughs> How are you? I am also currently alive. Um, All right. Maria, I'm so glad to speak to you. Uh, just to get us started... Would you mind introducing yourself? And I usually ask people, like, who are you? How do you define yourself in this world? What do you like? What do you do? Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Maria Aaron Jones, as you said. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, live in, uh, I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, in the Sonoran Desert, um, it is uh, very beautiful, and I'm close to the Rio Grande. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, I call myself a lot of things. I'm still kind of, uh, have a, an allergic reaction to being called an artist, but I'm pretty sure that's what I've been doing yeah. all these years. Sure. Um, I'm a writer. I, um, produce performances in a performance space that is currently shuttered, unfortunately, um, called the Tanix. been doing that for, um, for six years. And um, I'm a producer of a zine fest, and I write zines. So um, this year, hopefully in October, um, I'll be able to present ABQ Zine Fest um, number 10. That's so, amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of um, community kind of things like that. Um, and uh, I'm in some experimental music groups. Um, and I own seven typewriters. You do? Mm-hmm. Why are you allergic to yeah. the term artist? That's actually come up before on the podcast. I, you know, I, I don't know. I think um, I think there's a certain type of armor that they earn that I don't know if I have. So, oh, my God. Maria, so I think that might be it. <laughs> if, if, if you don't own armor, I don't know who does. <laughs> How do you earn armor as an artist? I, I mean, I, I think it must, you have to go in some kind of pilgrimage, some kind of crusade or something. I'm, you got to sail from Damascus, I guess. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and you don't think, <laughs> I don't, you don't think you've, honestly, this is a very funny place to start for me because if there's anyone who's been through stuff and like persevered, it's you in my world. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I think, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I'm, I'm right now. I'm like working in. I'm working in um in marketing. You know, which is like I think that's where artists go to die. Right? Um, are so, you in, are you in arts marketing or marketing marketing? Um, I am. I'm working at a community college. I work in the marketing department of a community college. 
So, um, so I'm basically the feral animal at a dog show. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you want me to run in circles? Are you crazy? And then I go right to the audience. Um, That's beautiful. So, uh, so, so, you know, the, the funny thing is, I think I, I probably have some interesting um, skills, you know, that, that people that I work with don't know about and don't have. You know, yeah. so I'm able to write things that um, that can be kind of surprising um, to people. Uh, I think that really helps. I think it helps to have a very varied background to do the kind of work that I'm doing. But I'm basically creating my own job. And I don't think they quite know that. <laughs> you don't think your employers know that uh, you're creating your own job? No, and I'm not going to tell them. So what kind of marketing is it, though? Like, what are you, are you trying to sell the school to people? Essentially, I mean, I, uh, they call me, I'm, I'm like a content and campaign specialist. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, which I think is hilarious. I don't know what that means, but I do things like I write podcasts, you know, I, um, I wrote a podcast for, uh, like a, um, some sort of thing at my school, um, about like, about leadership, you know, and it's won some awards, like a few national awards, but it's basically me dumping my brain out and just thinking about all the things and making connections where um, it doesn't, it's not obvious. Oh, yeah. You know? um, I, I wrote a commercial um, about a woman. And this is, this is bizarre, though. Like I had in my brain, I went to write a commercial about a man who crossed the Rio Grande um, at the turn of the century to... Um, to quote unquote, have a better life, you know, right. and that, that, that life led to a granddaughter who attended this community college and then created her own future. So I wrote this and, um, my boss was like, no, we can't do this. And she doesn't sound like that at all. But that's a but good, that's a very I'm, good voice though, Maria. No, I'm sorry. This is, it's too expensive. What are you talking this about? This is crazy. Fiddly sticks. This no will way. never work. <laughs> Get out of my office. Get out. Um, so, so I, I, I kind of, I didn't give up on it, but it turns out that the story really belonged to, um, to a woman in my town who, who owns a restaurant. And the truth is, is her grandfather gave land to his five daughters and she is the granddaughter of one of those daughters. So I rewrote the story from her from her grandmother's point of view. And this is sorry, this is for the so, commercial still? Yeah, this is for the commercial. Okay. So like in like 30 seconds I was able to tell like this like multi-generational story um and I I really think that comes out of all the things that I've that I've ever done, just putting all those pieces together and being able to think cinematically but have it have it be heartful. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, totally. And um, yeah. so you and I met 22 years ago. Yep. Yay. At least. I think it At was least. 1998 <laughs> in California. We went to physical theater school together. So that's one of the influences you're talking about is your theater background. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and even before that, I was, um, you know, I was in theater school here in Albuquerque and I was in technical theater. So I was running lights, hanging lights, running sound, um, things like that. So that was my background before I went to Del Arte. Yeah. Do you, do you mind just sort of laying down a little bit like your entire life story, but in a nutshell, <laughs> your journeys, I think it would be interesting because they, all those pieces are what make you who you are today. 
Like where where did I start? Yeah, where'd you come from? Sort what, of thing? Where's, where'd your family come from? Um, okay, let's see. Um, well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. Everybody starts there, I'm sure. <laughs> I I was born in Iowa. Um, I was born in Ames, Iowa, which is in the center of the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of live in the sta- center of Albuquerque. It's kind of strange. I, I don't know. I, I think about locations and where people are very, um, where they're born. So I was born there. And the reason I was born there is um, <laughs> my parents are from the South. Yeah. So my, parent, my parents met at a school called Fort Valley which is a um, historically black college in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so they met there and they married and they moved to Albany, Georgia, where my dad went to school, his undergrad. But when he decided he wanted to be a doctor, um, he went to study plant pathology. The state of Georgia said that they would not educate him um, because he was black. In what year? <laughs> this was Ballpark? Uh, 60, 68. Oy vey. Okay. Yeah. Um, so instead of that, instead of Georgia educating him, they sent him to the Midwest. <laughs> so, um, so uh, I was born in Ames, Iowa, and that's that's the reason. Whoa. But I also think that um, I am probably more Midwestern than than any Southerner ever should be. You know, and and, uh, when I got there, I visited maybe like a few years ago, and I totally understood that I was definitely from there. So do you you identify as Southern at all or Midwestern or whatever? I, I, you know what, I think I'm, I'm Southern, Southern by emotion, I think probably Uh and, and culturally, but I really do think by birth and um, geographical psychic stuff. I'm I'm pretty much a Midwestern person. Okay, what's the Pre- what's, pretty sure. what's the geographical psychic stuff? Um, I think it has to do with like ley lines. Okay, like I really do think it has to do with ley lines and um, seismic, you know, seismic activity. You know, I just remember landing at the airport in Des Moines, and I could smell the molecules of heather and alfalfa like it was the first thing that i identified as a smell and i imagined that that was the first thing that i smelled as a kid you know and i just totally lost it like it was it was amazing so i kind of feel like you know um where we come together and where we were born i think um I think there's something that happens there chemically that we don't know about, you know. So I feel really fortunate to have gone back to check that out. But then I also felt very akin to the people who I ran into, you know, who were kind of like blustery, kind of like, good morning. You oh, yeah, know? the sort of people Midwestern, like, like, the Midwestern sort of like, they're, they're, the Midwest people are called kind of cold in some ways. Yeah, they're kind of like, I love you, but I would never tell that to your face. Right. You know, like, you're all right, kid. You're all right. I kind of grew up that kid who's all right. You're all right. You know, um, so I, I kind of found um, some kind of kinship there, you know, in, in that respect. Um, did, okay. Did so Did you grow up in Ames? I didn't. Um, I left as a baby. So, you know, basically my dad literally, um, you know, we went to, he went to school, he finished college, he got his degree and we moved back to the South. So, um, so. And where in the, so I grew where up, in the South? 
Uh, in Albany, Georgia, right. well, where right now it's quite terrifying. There's like the um, yeah. coronavirus is, is decimating that that's that city. Yeah. Um, so I I grew up there until I was about eight or nine. Um, and my parents divorced, and then my mom and my brother and I moved to Tallahassee, Florida, which was probably like three and a half hours or four hours south. Um, right. So I remember a lot of uh, a lot of car rides to go visit my dad and stuff like that, um, just driving through old plantation land and crossing that border. And um, again, there was just something you know, strange and seismic that happens, you know, to like live in a place like that, to like live in the American South and live in a place where, um, where slavery occurred. It just, there's just something about it. And, and now I live in an, in another type of colonial place. Yeah. I live in, you know, the Southwest and this time, this type of, uh, um, colonialization is so different like, it's so weird. And I've lived in New England. So I've also lived in like that type of colonial world. It, the, these these different um, these different ways of processing colonialism. It's just it, it's just really deep and it's bizarre. What was the, what was the seismic feeling of New England? You lived in uh, Rhode Island. I did. I lived in Providence. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I would say that. um I, I kind of have to go backwards and forwards. So sure. um, living living in Rhode Island and living in Providence, I learned a lot about, I guess, those those first days. It sounds weird to be like, oh, this is this is why this mess this shit is messed up. <laughs> like yeah. this is why, you know, this is why everything feels so um, like it's everybody's business and why everything feels so uh, close to the best and all this crap. But then I, I took a trip to Scotland maybe maybe six or seven years ago, yeah. and I, I got to the I went to this um, to this little town you know Sterling essentially you know where you can see um, what's his name uh, oh I can't think of his name right now but the great you know Scottish warrior <laughs> um, uh, Braveheart his monument his yeah 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 that that guy yeah that guy <laughs> um, his uh, <laughs> his monument is not too far from there. Um, so I was walking through Sterling, you know, late at night and just looking around, just going, oh, OK, so these hands built New England because I really I didn't know where I was for a few minutes, you know. Um, right. So I was thinking about like about those imprints, you know, um, and how, you know, we are conquered by colonists and then we become the colonists, you know, and then we try to escape the colonists and then we do it again, you know, Um so all those things kind of flooded back when I was living in New England, backwards and forwards. And it's it's a really ghostly place to New England or um, Scotland, uh, both. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but New England for sure. Just the layers that that people um, uh, exist upon are are th- it's a thin veil, very thin. I veil. won't disagree with you about that feeling. What's what does Albuquerque feel like to you in that regard? Is it is it haunted? Oh hell yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Just about probably probably everywhere you can imagine. I mean, I live in a state um, where there are nineteen pueblos, you know. So nineteen um, types of people have lived here since the beginning of the beginning of the beginning. Right. 
and now, you know, it's, it's a colony and it's, you know, Albuquerque, but Albuquerque used to be a series of connected villages, you know, so the, most of the villages are gone. Um, and, uh, the place where I have a performance space, the Tanex, is basically at the crossroads of the Camino Real, yep. which is the, the Royal Road. Um, and it was the original Route 66, but it's actually called Fourth Street. So it's this uh, incredible street that basically goes from, I guess, where you would dock your damn boat in California, I guess. <laughs> and, then, and then like a, you know, a, and a then, horse. Yeah, like you would be like, okay, I'm coming in from Spain, y'all, and I'm going to dock and I'm going to walk. So, um, you know, walk all the way over here and take the Rio Grande and then make a left at 4th Street and keep going to Canada. Make a, you know, I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Right? That's exactly <laughs> it. So, so, um, so yeah, so there's, there's a lot of um, talk about layers. It's just like a, a whole lot of layers here. Um and the place where where I where I work, um, uh, the uh, the Tiwa speaking people of the um, Sandia pueblos and other pueblos uh, lived lived here. Yeah. So um, the Tanix is in the floodplain of the Rio Grande. You know, so you know there's just like heavy occupation in the area that we're in. You know, um, and you've always struck me as a person for as long as I've known you who's extremely sensitive to that information and those feel the feelings of say past presence yeah. in a place or something like that um for sure what's um so today was thank you so much for talking to me on your shopping day because i think as we all know now shopping days are challenging oh, yes thank you so but yeah. today you were out doing things um right, right. Uh, one, of, one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you is i've been doing updates with people from different cities berlin london new york and i realized mm -hmm. i have no clue what's happening in so many other places in America and I have no clue what's happening in Albuquerque or New Mexico. I've been there, which makes me a little concerned because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. there was a lot of poverty and confusion mixed in with everything else. Mm -hmm. So how are things feeling in Albuquerque? Um, well, I mean, I, I think I would have to, I, I don't have like all the, the deep data right now. I guess now, I mean for I can... you, your, your experience. Oh, yeah. And it... yeah, sure. I mean, I want to tell you a couple of things because, um, you know, one of the things is, is strangely enough, you know, Albuquerque is um, ahead of the curve at flattening the curve, amazing. which is which is really amazing. Our our governor um, is the former um, health health czar, like health department head, uh -huh. you know, so she immediately started to put into action um, ways to uh, just to protect us. You know, um, we have been in, in um, kind of a lockdown since March 16th, which is probably almost 10 days ahead of the rest of the country. Right. It's about the same as us, actually, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, I think we've been following, you know, following other leaders like Canada, like this is what's happening. Get with it. Let's let's do this. Oh, you I'm know? so glad to hear that. Um, so so, you know, unfortunately, that it's a little bit different um, on our on the reservations that are in the area. Yes. There's been there's been a major outbreak um, at the Four Corners region where um, where the Hopi reservation, uh, you know, um, exists. Yeah, I, I've so, heard about the Navajo Nation, too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, both, you know, and it's just it is kind of um, 
it's very telling, you know, about our government and about some of those plans. I mean, you may have heard um, that I, I'm t- I think it was the um, I'm not sure if it was the Mashpee, but one of the um, one of the tribes in Rhode Island just had their tribal affiliation dissolved. No, I did not hear about that. So, so and I I am. I'm guessing that's going to be a type of trend across the nation in order to um, reclaim land because uh, there's a lot of fracking that's going oh, on. God. And um, and there's a lot of like Navajo Nation has uh, reserves of all kinds of minerals. Right. Um, and so I am very concerned, you know, about about friends and their families. And now with this, you know, with the coronavirus spreading pretty quickly, um, you know, what's going to happen to them and how will they receive support and aid? And where does it come from? Because the U.S. government is like, hey, sorry, you know, you have your own tribal government. So good luck. Yeah. Yeah, So um, so that, you know, that's what's happening. Um, But on top of that, um, I really feel like New Mexico and Albuquerque specifically has some really intrepid folk who are developing different ways of supporting community. There's one called, um, uh, now it's like leaving my brain. I'm just like trying to think of everything. Um, but it is, it's a local, it's a local organization, uh, Albuquerque mutual aid. And they basically started like right when we went into lockdown, in order to start to feed people, you know, um, you know, of course, all kids are at home. Some kids, their only meal is when they go to school, you know, um, so Albuquerque Mutual Aid started taking in donations, you know, got a safe space to be able to do that. Um, They've been accepting money and supplies and dispersing all of that every week. So they're serving more and more people. And that that's pretty incredible. Um, Both our governor and our mayor are doing press conferences almost daily to um, keep us up. Uh, on what's going on and there's been there's like i think the city is 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 uh creating a fund for artists like a five hundred thousand dollar fund you you know you apply for like um, emergency relief for you know yeah emergency for relief so a lot of things are happening on these different different fronts here so i i feel good about that that's amazing I'm also really grateful to still have my job. You know, I'm, I'm working from home. Um, again, you know, I'm just kind of scrappy that way and like keep creating my work, you know? Well, this is the thing, um, Maria, like you are someone I find extremely inspiring. Um, you're a black woman in America who makes art, in, even if you don't want to be called an artist. But <laughs> the choice to do that, I mean, how <laughs> how does that feel? Well, I mean, to be honest, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately is that I I think whatever choices I made in the past have saved me today. How so? Quite honestly. Well, I feel that, you know, had I not left Florida, had I not um, tried the unknown, had I not um, gone to theater school, had I not, you know, worked in different industries for 20 something odd years, you know, I, I really think I would be right now again, working for myself, trying to, and unable to, to, to eat or pay my rent. Um, working for yourself. And so what do you mean? Um, I mean, for many years I, you know, I was working, you know, part-time less than part-time, 
And I mean, I, I think, I think those experiences are still really important. And I think if you're really invested in, in, in working on your own material, I feel like you really have to have that time. I can say that, you know, I work, I work, you know, 40 hours a week. I still don't have the kind of time that I would like to have to make art yeah. to create, you know, but I really love eating, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, you have and I really care? love, and I have healthcare yeah. and I'm, you know, working in a, in an, in an industry, um, where I, in a nonprofit status kind of thing where I can work from home. Um, you know, I can, I can cover the rent just barely, but I can cover the rent at the Tanex while we can't have shows. Yeah. You know, what's, um, so what's happening there? How is, how is Tanex funded? Be, me, like by me, like by, by <laughs> your day job. Effing pocket. Yeah. But forever. Like, um, that I do have a Patreon and I'm so grateful to, you know, to the patrons, um, who have invested, um, money in the Tanix and it, and it really does help. It pays up a, a, a portion of the rent and, um, and I'm so grateful for that. So, um, so I do have that. It's still a big caretaking job and it's not one that I've, I've ever paid myself to do. Yeah. Um, I've produced maybe like, maybe 500 or 600 shows in that space like goodness how how long six years yeah so about a hundred events a year you know and and i you know and i like i lock and unlock the doors so it's it's always me you know um so i've i've really had to kind of even before all of this happened i i had to kind of step back just a little bit not produce as much so that i could continue to um you know, juggle work and home life. My, my mom lives here. My brother lives here. Yeah. So I am also, you know, um, in a caretaker and helping my, my mom make it through this, you know? Yeah. So, um, so there, so there's a lot that's, you know, I'm juggling a lot of things, but, um, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this now. Well, no, um, I, I just, I, I, here's a question. Um, how mm-hmm. do you, so you also, you also, are involved in the Albuquerque zine fair, which is another non-money-making community supporting undertaking, right? (laughs) I'm just stupid, Becky. (laughs) Dude, I'm stupid in the same way. But the question I'm asking is, so this podcast is ostensibly about the idea of hope. And I don't think you offer yourself forward to other people to the extent that you have with all the things that have kind of been stacked against you. If you don't have, some sort of overwhelmingly optimistic something going on deep inside of you. And Mario, what is that for you? How do you relate to that? <laughs> Blind faith. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh, I do have my armor. Oh my God. <laughs> um. is, is, this, is the point of this episode just for you to realize that you're an artist who is so armored? <laughs> I think I'm an Arthurian artist. <laughs> You've been through your like trials and crusades and tribulations pretty much pretty much i'm like lancelot move over seriously um lancelot has nothing on you (laughs) oh my god no um i you know i i uh i i have no idea like for for zine fest um i that that will turn 10 this year it it felt like something i really wanted to do because you know this was it was kind of a situation like i don't see myself in these really cool you know rooms where people are you know making zines about their cats and stuff like <laughs> i i 
I love that. And I'm like, but I also need to be in this room. And so I, I made a zine fest and I'm, I'm really, you know, really fortunate to have a have a co-producer, my friend Liza Bly, who's been co-producing with me for almost, you know, half the time that I've been doing zine fest, which has been incredible, con- incredible yeah. support. Um, but so it's a zine fest that that is um, that is centered around people of color and LGBTQIA, you know, um, so it's it looks a little bit different than than most zine fest because it's intentional you know and and it's the same thing with the tanix it's women and people of color on each bill and that's intentional and that's a little harder to produce you know but it has made a difference in my town when i see shows now well it's harder because um because i think when when people come to me and they're like hey i want to play a show at your space and then i know three other bands i know those other bands most likely are populated by white artists right and i think that's that's fine you know but i have to say hey that's cool i would love to have you come play and i will find the other artists to be on that bill because i have to find women and i have to find people of color to perform yeah that's just that's just how it is because if i'm the only black person in the room the dynamics shifts the dynamic becomes the dynamics of america and in all the things that you can think about what that is like, that's what happens. Even in that cute little garage, you know, yeah. it, it's, it still gets um, those, those same social dynamics get played out, you know. But when, when that room is populated by women and people of color and, you know, everybody in between, there's, there's a, um, everybody's holding uh, a balanced end of that, of that, you know, rope or that blanket or whatever. Yeah, like, you the, know? It's like, like, everybody, like everybody, the parachute game that we all used to play as kids. <laughs> exactly. Everybody's, everybody's pulling the same weight. Right. And, um, and you can feel that. And, um, and then something magical happens when that's, when nobody's worried about if they can use the goddamn bathroom, when nobody's worried about, you know, what, color their skin is or the weird music they're making but it doesn't fit the body they're in you know nobody's worried about that and then that's when magical things can happen you know you're you're someone who really believes in magic too hey oh yeah 100 percent. i mean like i like i told you you know i wanted to talk to you tonight and i was just so depleted from from you know basically if for every hour that i'm out in public trying you know fucking washing my hands and shit yeah, you know yeah <laughs> um i i basically have to rest for an hour like it, it's like a one-to-one kind of ratio so i was roughly out for three hours and i basically died for three yeah. hours like i just and then something just snapped me out of my sleep and it was the smell of dandelions were they around and i'm like were they around you nope <laughs> nope not one not one blade of dandelion grass ain't nowhere around here so what do you think it means um, Does it matter? You know, I, I, I have to look, I have to look it up. I'm pretty sure, you know, it, it's, it is very, you know, protective. I'm sure there's something about it. There's a reason why I smelled that. Um, we had the lion, the lion, like King Arthur, we're back. Hey, <laughs> we're back. And welcome to the lion radio hour. And we're here with. <laughs> welcome to Camelot with Marianne Becky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, I no one do will that. be able to make sense of anything we're saying. Um, well, okay. Let, 
I don't even need to feel like I need to ask you about hope because you it ex, it like it exudes out of you. The thing that strikes me from what you just said though is you're like this band shows up, they're a bunch of white people. I'm like I got to go do the work and get people of color or women or whatever into this space. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. you're the one who keeps taking that work on a huge amount of it and you keep you've done this like you said for over two decades. It's it's amazing, Maria. But it feeds you, I guess. Or does it feel like it just has I, to happen? I, you know, I'm, I think about, I, I think it in a way, I think it has to happen. I, and I think yeah. that it's probably, it's probably part of just my, you know, my DNA, you know, where somehow it's just in me to create spaces for people to, to exist in, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to like go down there and unlock that door and be the first one in and the first one out. And at the same time, you know, it's, it's where, it's where I'm supposed to be, you know, you just it's, know um, it I'm in doing, your bones. Yeah. I just, I just know it. I just know that I'm, that I'm doing something that is helping and changing people and supporting people, you know? Um, and it's weird. Like, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to be too grandiose do here, it. but girl, um, do but, it. <laughs> but I think, I think it's, it's similar, it's similar to this idea of like, um, you know how just yesterday City Lights bookstore was about to go yeah. under, you know, and I panicked, you know, because I'm like, okay, this is a lighthouse in the world mm-hmm. that's about to go out, you know, and like I just like grabbed that copy of, you know, this Lawrence Ferlinghetti book that I bought, you know, like it's it's a book from the 60s, you know, like original cover that he drew, you know, and I was just like, no, it's not going to happen, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I'm like, and I know, I mean, I know it's not, it's not like it's just with my efforts, whatever, but I told everybody I knew about it, you know, I'm like, this can't happen, you know, like this dude just turned 101, you know, I can't imagine having the home, the nest that I built, you know, um, just disintegrating underneath me, you know. So what's happening with it? We don't know. It, It got, it got totally funded. In a day? In like... In a day, oh in a day, Becky, it, the, the, um, the GoFundMe was for $350,000. And by this morning, like, listen, I didn't even have time to make a donation. Like <laughs> I made posts, I wrote to people I, and stuff like that. I didn't even have time to, to like drop any coin myself until this morning. And then I looked at the, the GoFundMe and it was up to $265,000 and some change. Amazing. And it's like, holy crap, you know, and I just like, I just started crying, like just crying, just thinking, okay, people do understand that things like this really do matter and that we need these places where we, here's the pilgrimage, right? Here's the, here's the Arthurian thread, you know, that we need these places where we can go and, you know, turn that doorknob and, you know, and kiss that, kiss those books, (laughs) you know, um, and like, and and really, you know, kind of walk in the waters of of uh, people of the past who still, you know, live and breathe and, and surround us and support us. Yeah. You know, like I would be, I would, I mean, who would I be had I not read On the Road? Like who who would I be if I didn't know Diane De Prima? Who would I be, you know, if, if I if I hadn't read Just Kids by Patti Smith? Who would I be? Yeah. You know, and so 
that that's why we need we need places like that too they're they're just import, as important as you know um the ruins at petra they're just as important as the as the pyramids of giza we can't lose places that feed us well and, and you know i, I you know the other thing is all of that passion you have, the thing that allows you to go into action like that is a network that you've spent so much time building. And I think we're all in a space right now where those incredibly important networks built by art and community organizers, sometimes on their own dime, sometimes for free, are proving to be so unbelievably essential right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I I feel great remorse that, that I can't open the doors and have a show at the Tanix, even for those 20 people, you know, who just like force themselves out of their houses, you know, to have an experience. And you guys are going online, right? My, my plan, my dream, you know, right now is to start something called Tanix Radio so that I can talk to artists who've come through and, um, and share some of their music and, and where they are now and what they're, what they're doing now. And to be honest, you know, most of the most of them are people like me you know one of them is this journalist who's trying to get all the word out about about covid-19 and everything to us every night in a podcast that she's that she's writing and co-producing wow you know another another one is uh is an art an incredible artist and an aerialist and becoming a social worker who just started a new like a whole like um mask you know mask making um supplies you know and and things um but um for for um for women to sew um who are immigrants in our in our community who've basically lost their jobs or have been furloughed amazing you know um so it's just like you know there are people like that and people like us like all over the place that are um that are activated you know through this who are already doing it like they're already flexing that muscle and so if this is a harder haul but we have the muscle mass to do it you know you and i both know it never hasn't been hard right it it never hasn't been hard and now i just have to wear a mask while i'm doing it i mean that's that's pretty that's pretty much what it what it is you know it's like i have like like i said even for the the job that i'm doing i prepared you know all these years to be able to do it you know um and have the creativity to do it and so now you know being at home is not is not so terrible you know, for me, because I can still do it because really the, the, the place that I keep going to is my mind. It's, it's not the room that I was, that I was clocking into, you know, um, Mario, when you look at the future, what do you see? Um, I see a lot of VR masks. Like <laughs> I, I, you know, I was making a joke about this with, a, with a friend, like maybe two years ago, like, yeah, we're all going to be wearing visors, dude. And we're almost there like, right oh, now. Like everything. Oh shit. Zoom we are there. <laughs> we are so close to like the daily visor and just going in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? We almost are. And also we're, we're real close. <laughs> do you feel hopeful? Um, I'm taking it moment to moment to moment. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, I do feel ho- hopeful cause I am not drinking right now. <laughs> you know, nice. I'm, I'm not saying there's not booze in the house. I'm just saying, you know, I, I still treat it as medicine, you like know, you didn't just fall not... into it. It was like a bucket right. of booze. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I feel like, and like, no, and no shame, you know, I'm like, keep doing what you were doing. If it means you stay alive to get through this shit, you That's know, a really good point. do what you were. 
do what you were doing. You know, don't just like all of a sudden start working out. Fuck that. <laughs> just survive, you know? That's perfect. Maria, where can people find you online? We'll post links too, but like if they want to follow you on Instagram, support you, where can they find you? Well, on, on Patreon, it's um, the Tanix. So if you just look at Patreon, Patreon and type in the Tanix, um, you can see you can see the Tanix there. Um, I'm on Facebook um, as the Tanix and Twitter as well. It says Tanix Space or something like okay, that. We'll post um, links. But, I, but I'll send you I'll send you links. And then um, I also have, you know, Instagram for myself and for ABQ Zine Fest. I can share that. And too. That's Maria Aaron Jones on Instagram. Um, it's Maria Aaron. Maria Aaron. So it's my first and middle name on Instagram. And listeners, you can just take a stab at, at spelling that correctly. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Maria, it's been uh, just beyond wonderful to speak to you tonight. Oh, I'm so grateful for you, Becky. I'm so, and I'm really glad. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm really glad that you figured out that you were just covered in armor. You're like the Tin Man. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's true. Oh, I I want I want to quickly address your question about the future. I kind I think I kind of walked around it. Um, um, I kind of feel like the you know that we're living in it. I feel like um the the future is um it's happening now, you know, and and everything that we're doing to keep going is is the future is what will be the standard of how we're living. You know, yeah. um, we're not going to be it sitting in offices, you know, 40 hours a week anymore. You know, we're going to be able to take care of our kids. We're going to be able to, um, you know, go on walks with our friends. We're going to be able to enjoy the world, you know, um, in a different way. Um, the spaces that we, yeah, I just feel like the spaces we occupied are going to be different. The This woman who lives in my building, I saw her when I was going out for a walk today. And when she left, she just said, remember, the earth is repairing itself every day. And it's true right now. Yeah. Why can't it's why true. can't those it, elements be the future? I think I think they can yeah. be. Um, but I also feel like that that same um, repair time is is happening for us. You know. Yeah. You know. I swear to God, like I can't even go to the toilet before I go to work. You know what I mean? Like like everything is so compressed. You, you right? mean usually like that, other than now? Yeah, like you know TMI, but for yeah. real, it's like. You know, like people are like, when do I, when do I take a crap? You know, like when does, when does my body like just kind of like, when can it just be when I'm compressed into these shapes? Yeah. You know, and I think, I don't think anybody's going back to the life that they had before for the most part. And, and I do want to, I want to apologize and say, I understand that there are people who can't work from home and I am, I'm grateful for all those folk, you know, because they are keeping all of our all of our nations moving yeah. they're keeping the they're keeping the food flowing and and they should be paid and they should be paid hazard pay they should be paid time and a half they should be paid you know they should have insurance all those things i'm hoping all of that will shift as well you know i i really think universal income is what is needed for everybody and you know get the f over socialism because we need it yep. Um, if we're all going to be on this, on this ball and survive on it. And there's no reason for us not to. Well, the future is now. That's right. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Becky. I love you. I love you, too. Thank you, bye. The 
H Word Podcast is happy to be part of the Shop family of productions. Follow the shop on Instagram at the underscore shop to. Artwork this week by Dan Byrne, and our theme music, as always, by Laura Barrett. For information on all our artists and guests, please follow us everywhere at the H Word Pod or sign up for our newsletter at thehwordpod.com. Mm-hmm.